Yeah, I honestly think these are going to be like bowling alleys. Okay. I think they're going to be around for a long time. But like I said, we I think we have nine leagues running right now. Yeah. Uh, between the four locations. Well, that's a lot of leagues. There's 30, 30 people in each league. Hey, welcome back to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Today's episode features a business owner, an entrepreneur who took a chance and set up a really really cool live experience franchise. Jack Welsh is the co-founder of both Lumberjacks and Sliders Curling, event spaces in and around the greater Pittsburgh region that allow people to throw axes at targets and slide really heavy stones across the ice. We took the Piper team out last week and tried the curling event. It was so much fun. It got very competitive. We actually made a video uh, where for the first time in Piper history, I was actually able to defeat Hannah in a Piper challenge. But this is all Jack's doing. He talks in this interview about charting a course and taking this business from a dingy warehouse with almost no renovations to a network of businesses with more than half a dozen locations and many more on the way. He's got a vision. He's got a hustle that is inspirational, uh, working a bartending job while getting this business off the ground for two years. I think you're going to take a lot from it. So here is Jack Welsh. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Jack, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I want to start off by just painting a picture of your venue in Millvale, Lumberjacks and Sliders Curling. Take us through just what this 6,000 square foot facility that you guys have. Yeah, it's roughly like 6,000 square feet. It's an old warehouse that we that we turned into, turned into an axe throwing venue at first. It was when we opened it up, it was very industrial. It was filthy. There was a lot of a lot of old stuff in there. A guy had was pretty much just renting out bays. So there was like woodworking going on, welding. Yeah. There, there was just crap everywhere pretty much. And uh, we went in, took it over. We put 10 lanes in, which is 20 targets for, our, for the axe throwing, which at that time was like the biggest one in the uh, U.S. So we started with that. It was pretty cut and dry and pretty plain at first. You know, we had some regular fencing just painted the walls we needed to get open so as money came in we started upgrading we uh decorated it we've got a log cabin feel now i would i would describe it as yeah it has a huge mural and yeah. it, it feels much more finished in terms of like the woodworking and everything. right yeah so we yeah we, we read the redid the front desk with all kinds of uh, wood and just live edge wood and just put some like poly on it just cleaned it up and it uh it, i mean right now it looks awesome so that's the axe throwing and there's Behind each axe throwing lane, there's a couple of picnic tables. So that's where people, are, everybody puts their stuff. That's where they hang out. Uh, we used to be BYOB. We currently aren't anymore at that location. We have a full service bar now. So that's brand new within the past three weeks. So that's been awesome. That's been going really well for us. So that's inside. When you walk in the Lumberjacks, is that what you see? Then out of our loading dock, there was a parking lot when you came out. And that's where we put sliders. We put a 30 by 40 deck out there. Uh, I pretty much bought a giant catering tent. Yeah. Put a pole liner down, and pretty much built an ice rink. Yeah. And then, uh, so you walk out, you walk out onto, uh, you walk out into the loading dock, you walk in the sliders, you're on this ice rink, and then that's that's when you're in sliders, and that's when you get your get your curl on. Yeah, and it's difficult. So the Piper team went out last week. We tr- we played. There's a video forthcoming, or it's probably already out by the time people are listening to this, but. 
AT Hannah versus me and Dan, super competitive, but really challenging to finely tune that target right in the middle of right. the thing. Yeah, it's, those stones are harder to control than like you would think, and, and it's a short distance. It's obviously not like it's not like the Olympic curling. Uh, yeah, we can't, we couldn't let. People, Thankfully, we yeah. would have never scored. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> uh, we couldn't let people sweep. Just because, it, first of all, it's not big enough. We didn't have the room. I mean, if we had more room, we would have made it longer. We we did what we could with the room that we had. Yeah. But I th- I think it's cooler this way. There's no risk of injury, so you're never really on. The, you're standing on the ice, but you're also standing on mats, so you don't got to worry about slipping or anything like that. But as far as like getting the stone, like the those stones are heavy. They're 40 pounds. Yeah. So you got to get some momentum going behind them, and when you let them go, it takes a minute to. It's like anything else doing for the first time. It takes a minute to get used to. Yeah. Totally. Um, so I want to go back to the starting point of, okay, there's this industrial building. I think we can get people to pay us to walk in here and throw axes at targets. Where does the, where does the inspiration for that come from? Where does the idea come so from? So the, in, yeah, the initial, you sound like my mom when I told her I was, I was quitting my, my, yeah. my, my, <laughs> what union, are you doing? my union <laughs> job to open an axe throwing place. That's kind of the reaction I, I got. But, uh, so the inspiration came beyond, Corey, my business, I have two business partners, Corey DC and Matt Payton. Corey's sister lives in Philadelphia. Corey opened the first escape room in Greenfield. He's no longer a part of that company, but he, that's what he started that. So she called him like, Hey, I know you, I know you're into opening different ideas, different concepts, entertainment venues. I think you should come up here and look at, look at this. Cause she's a lawyer out there and they did, a, they went to urban access. It was called, and they were doing a corporate event. So she really liked it. Calls Corey. Corey calls me. We go up the next day. We go up. We play it. We knew it would work immediately. And we just got, we got lucky. Our friend was getting married back in Philadelphia two weeks later. So two weeks later, we grab a group and bring everybody there. And we just wanted to see like how how our friends reacted to it. Yeah. And they reacted the same way we did. So we came back, and that's that's where it all started. We came back and started looking for spaces to open up and Millville Millville has, has been a blessing yeah Millville community has been so receptive to us uh, from the police to the borough they're just they couldn't they couldn't be better and then grist house being we, we share a parking lot with pretty much uh, which is an like alleyway slash parking lot but uh it was it was the perfect fit we have very similar clientele and it was we just bounced off each other for that I mean they were they were established we bounced off them for a while and then vice versa it's just it's been it's been awesome for both of us. Yeah, you can make a whole night of uh, going to Gris House, getting a few drinks. Without leaving an alley in Millville. To, yeah. Like, who would have thought that ever? Yeah. So Millville uh, Millville's, Mill's, Millville's pretty awesome right now. Yeah. So in terms of – so one of the big things that can be daunting for someone looking to, to take a step like this is, number one, the idea. You stumbled across this axe-throwing idea. But the other part of it can be getting the capital together to do the thing. And you, you talked about reinvesting – some of the dollars that come in from customers to upgrade and refine the experience and not necessarily like the first dollars that come in running to the bank and, and doing whatever you want to do with it. How did you go about arranging the capital to start that kind of initial stage of what was going on? So the escape rooms for Corey were wildly successful. And that they, I think he did, I mean, that was almost five years, I think. The, yeah. the first escape room in, in Greenfield, the one he opened up. And now and they're then, everywhere. And now they're, they're everywhere. So Corey funded that that whole Corey funded Millville himself. He uh, he brought me and it, him and uh, Matter cousins. He called us. He needed. He knew we needed a team to do it. Yeah. Uh, he we just, he called us and we were like absolutely and ready to go. But yeah, Corey. Corey so you have to basically just get some sweat equity in there. Like you're helping to build it, do the yeah, work. And, yeah, and, we, there's there's yeah, 
right the sweat equity and then we uh then the next ones it was everybody everybody had their own money so everybody we all reinvest their own money and that's how we expanded but yeah millville was uh seventy thousand dollars and right out of Corey's bank account. <laughs> yeah. So as you think about the growth and expansion of it, like one version of expanding is, okay, we've already got the lumberjacks thing. We already have this plot of land. Let's, you know, build a, a curling rink in the back that we can, you know, find more customers, find more marginal dollars from the people that are already in our world. And then there's also finding other locations and expanding that way. How do you, it seems like you're maybe playing a little bit of balance of both of those avenues. Yeah. So we, we knew we wanted to expand just because mil- our first, this like our they're busy seasons right now, December on with holiday parties is just it's outrageous. Everybody's doing stuff during the holidays. So after our first December, we knew we had to expand, and that's when we found Mount Lebanon, and we have a we have a location out in Mount Lebanon with six six lanes, twelve targets. That's our smallest location. Gotcha. So we did we opened Mount Lebanon, and then we just it just spitballed from there. We uh, went out to Arizona, and that's when Tempe opened. And then we did Moroville, Cranberry, and Westgate pretty much all at the same time. So Matt was in Arizona. Me and Corey were back here. And that's – we got all those open. <laughs> then we went on to Sliders. So we, we had the six locations open, and we started Sliders. Sliders, we, the, where we came up with that idea, we went, uh, we went to the Pittsburgh Curling Club out in, up in Robert Morris. Yeah. And we did, like, real Olympic curling. And it was super fun, very hard, and a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Uh, just because you're on the ice, you're sliding on the you're, ice. You're sliding on the ice, and you have no experience sliding on the ice. Like it wasn't, it wasn't incredibly dangerous, but like but if people it was, were it was few, easy to fall. I if, fell. If people are having a few drinks at Grist House too, right. and like yeah, you're right. the owner of the property, that can be a uh, a liability issue. Right, and we just that's something like that's why people can't sweep at uh, yeah. one of the reasons people can't sweep in Millville. But we went, we played that, we had a blast. And we uh, we did some research. We got online and we figured out well, who can we buy, who can we, who could build us an ice rink. Yeah. We found these guys. They came in. Uh, we built the deck. They laid the they laid the ice, filled it up with water, and then uh, it froze. And then all of a sudden, we had an ice rink. Yeah. And we had not, we had learned how to manage an ice rink, which is a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Just from the cleaning it to day to day basis and everything like that. Yeah. But uh, that's it, it was. And then on top of that, we our liquor license finally went through. So we had a ton of stuff going on in the past, I don't know, year. It just, it was just, it was one thing after another, after another, after another. And I mean, that's the best way to do it, in my opinion. It keeps everybody focused. It keeps everybody motivated. So I don't, I don't know what's next, but it's going to be something. Well, if you're, you're managing that type of chaos and you're out opening new locations and doing all these kind of expansion plans, it seems like you really have to have a skill for assembling even the team below you guys like the, the when we we showed up there and you know we shook your hand and said hello but your team took us through and showed us yeah, the space right, yeah, in the game and right everything. yeah no we have a general manager who's been unbelievable i've, I've known him forever uh, not forever i've known him for about 10 years and uh he was looking to do something new and he came in he moved back to pittsburgh we had him be an axe coach and like he was he just needed a job and as soon as he got back just to get his feet back on the ground yeah completely overqualified for that job and then we just moved we just bumped him up to manager and then once we got once we got big enough and enough enough locations we just made him the general manager and we have currently two managers underneath him so three managers for the four locations and we do like a bunch of shift leads 
and then the axe the actual axe coaches what's the training for the axe coaching and all that stuff though it's just like it's the same training we'd go if you were going to like weight tables or at like at Bravo or something like that you know it's, a little it, bit higher stakes though than passing it, out some pasta right no yeah no, <laughs> yeah, no doubt uh, I just yeah, I used to wait tables at Bravo that's what popped in my yeah, mind yeah, yeah. there but they come in we put them with a veteran axe coach we teach them how to throw first of all teach them how to throw safely gotcha safety's though obviously the most important part they pretty much follow they follow the axe coach a few times. They do a few groups with, with the axe coach with them. And then about three or four groups in, they're ready to do groups on their own. And then that's that's when they become the actual axe coach. And it's it's more of a it's more like of a host hosting experience than an actual like coach because I mean you're keeping we got they're keeping the customers engaged, they're getting people fired up, it gets very competitive very fast, and that that that's what makes it fun. You think you're just going around coming down to play around and throw some axes and next thing you know you're in a tournament and you're like wow i'm like this is fun and yeah. like i want to win this thing so uh and people get after it fast so it sounds like that's part of the strategy for keeping people coming back so like you don't want someone to just come there once and throw an axe you want them to have a good time come back over and over but let's go back to like the founding point when this was just a recently renovated warehouse with a couple lanes how did you get people in the door the first time like how did you get the word out that this was a thing uh, we, we did some radio at first. It's, it was really, it was a lot of social media, a lot of social media, but more word of mouth than everything. We got lucky where Millville Days, it's like a festival that Millville has uh, every summer towards the end end of the year, end of the summer. And it happened to fall like right, I think the second or the first or second week we opened. So we just did a free weekend. So we let everybody that went to Millville Days just come down, it. just come down and throw, because no, know that we're there and then word of mouth has been huge for us yeah and we also word of mouth has been, been the main thing because uh, people come in people go to work on monday like, hey what you do this week this week and, oh, i went through an axe like they want to tell even if they didn't like it that much they're still going to tell you that they did it yeah uh, just because it was so new and so different so that would that that was big word of mouth that almost feels like the old model of the escape room because i remember when the escape room was new it was like oh my gosh like what'd you like tell me all about it like it sounds so fun and that's, I mean, that's like as a marketer, that's the marketer's dream is the thing in and of itself is worthy of talking about. We've been telling people we went curling. Like it's yeah, the sa right. same sort of idea. Like you went, what, where, how does that work? And you then turn your customers into evangelists for what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's people come in. I mean, some people, people, generally everybody has fun axe throwing, but there's people come in and they're like, they get addicted and then they get, a, they get their own axe and then they're in a league and they're they're going up to different tournaments in Chicago. There's a, there's the, the championships out in Toronto in, in February, the end of February. So like, I mean, people, this is turning into, I mean, it's, it was on ESPN two last year. Yeah. So like they're, uh, it's becoming, it's becoming very mainstream, which it wasn't at all in the beginning, which is awesome for us. Cause people see it on TV. Like, Oh, I, th I think there's one of those in Millville. I think there's yeah. one of those out in Moroville. And that's also why you're keeping that pace of growth. Like you're not just content. Like, okay, we got our, two or three or whatever locations like you're kind of pushing no, the gas a little bit yeah i honestly think these are gonna be like bowling alleys okay i think they're gonna be around for a long time i think people are, are gonna like i said we i think we have nine leagues running right now yeah uh between the four locations well that's a lot of leagues there's 30 30 people in each league yeah so i i think that's just gonna grow so i don't i don't really see it slowing down i don't see a lot of people say it's gonna be a fad i i don't see it that way I think it's a sport that people compete at and want to compete at a high level while they're doing it. Yeah. And then also, we got a ton of press when we uh, 
when we first announced we were we were opening up in Millville because no one has ever no, there was we were it that was it in Pittsburgh it was just us so we went to the Pittsburgh today live we were on everything it was awesome so that that really got the word out there too right on. The Going Deep podcast is underwritten by Piper Creative. Shooting, editing, and publishing quality content is overwhelming. We make it easy so you can save time, build your brand, and grow faster. Say hello at pipercreative.co. In terms of the actual business, so renovating a warehouse, setting everything up, and then you know continuing to invest on the margins here and the actual experience of being there. It seems, though, outside of your labor for keeping people, the axe coaches and the manager and the bartender now and what have you, it seems like a relatively low fixed cost venue. You got to heat the, heat the building, you know, keep the lights on, pay some insurance. And yeah, it's not some insurance. It's, I'm, oh, I'm, sure it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a lot of insurance. Yeah. But in terms of like the maintenance of the wall. Like I'm sure eventually that target gets ruined. You put up a new sheet of plywood with some. Yeah. Wood, wood is a major cost. Insurance is a major, major cost. And yeah. labor is a major cost. Those are the three main, our main cost. There's some ask, ask in places that won't like give you a coach. So will just like check you in and let you go like do your own thing for a little bit, which I think is crazy. They don't create any type of experience. Yeah. Uh, they, it's almost like going to a driving range. Yeah. We don't do that. You're going to have a coach, whether you do a walk-in, you do the two-hour group event. Uh, someone's going to be there, teach you how to play the game, teach you how to throw, adjust you while you're throwing. Uh, and same with sliders too. We have coaches out on the ice for that too, just to facilitate the whole event and show people what. Show, no, people let people know what they're doing so they have a good time. Yeah. So the labor, the labor is we 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 get hammered on the labor, and then, like I said, the insurance is just astronomical. Yeah, but for an experience like that, like the basic premise of what you're trying to deliver is of course people are going to come in with different skill sets and abilities you're trying to get them to at least be competent at it because if, if, if i just throw it eighteen thousand times and i can't even get to stick in the wall let alone throw it accurately yeah like, i'm not coming back that was right yeah, it's a waste of time yeah it's we're very good at getting people to teach people how to throw uh we'll move you we'll give you a lighter axe if we need to we'll move you forward we'll move you back it's just a, it's very it's, it's easy to adjust people if they, if they want, there's some. Don't get me wrong. There's some people that's coming in and just like, oh, I can't do this, or like this is stupid. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll just chuck it, and that that'll be. I mean, you're gonna have those people for anything for anything you do. Of course, ever that doesn't happen very often at all. I mean, we'll have we'll have people go through like the whole practice round and the round robins for the axe throwing, like not doing it very well, just sticking a few here and there, and something clicks and they win the tournament. That happens all the time. Yeah. So people. People want to be good at things, and they're there for the two hours. So you might as well you might as well get good at it while you're there. Right on. So the sport itself, the sports you mentioned the championships in Toronto. They the sport or the concept for it was created in Canada, and it's apparently much bigger in Canada. Like USA has kind of lagged Canada for adoption. Probably curling is yeah. The same yeah, way. I was going to say which one, which one are you talking about? Yeah. These, these are both from Canada. Yeah, Canada has been ahead of this. They invented it. They invented it in the backyard. Out in Canada, they, they used to have like the backyard so leaks. Do you guys either like have a network, or do you go visit some of these other locations to like steal ideas or get kind of concepts for how to go about running it or anything like that? Uh, we'll, 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 we don't really. We'll go to different cities for the tournaments, and that's that's where everybody in the Axe community is at, and that's where you you meet the other owners of the facilities. That's where you meet the really good throwers. The throwers. Uh, it's a really tight community. Yeah. So like people in the leagues that they, there's, there's obviously they're talking to each other on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Uh, so 
they're pretty tight. And then the, once they go to the tournaments, they meet each other, and then they get they, it's more tight and more tight. So the community of that the actual throwers is is very tight. But yeah, we'll go to a, we'll go to a different tournament. Like we went to Baltimore. We've been up to Baltimore for their tournaments. Meet meet a few owners, and everybody asks like you know just some industry questions like, hey, where are you getting your wood from? What is this cheaper? What where's your insurance from? Because everybody's trying to get cheaper insurance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the tournaments is pretty much where everybody like comes together. And, and that that's that's the best opportunity to go take a look at like other venues and meet other people. Certainly. And I I'd imagine that you hate to see this given your sensitivity to the premiums you have to pay for the insurance. But like even part of the viral marketing of the axe throwing stuff is some of the videos you see on social media of some dingus like throwing it at the ground and it bouncing back up and then they probably didn't have a coach to tell them what to do. But yeah. it even reminds you that like, oh, people are doing that. Like I wouldn't mess it up that bad. Like I'm gonna go yeah, so I mean that's that's one of the main reasons we have a coach in every lane, just because I mean I I know what video the main video we're talking about is the girl who bounced it off the rubber and it came flying back. At yeah, her. but that girl was actually uh, she was a league member and she was trying to do a trick shot, so she oh. was trying to bounce it off that rubber and stick it into the mm. stick it into the the target. Barstool is not going to explain that. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Yeah, but they're 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 there for the clicks, which I don't blame them either. But uh. That's yeah. That's what she was doing, and I I don't know. I I was furious when that video came out, but honestly, I it was it got everybody talking about axe throwing. Yeah. And then, like I said, we we got the coaches in, in every lane, so that's not going to happen in any of our facilities. So, from the curling standpoint, do you see that as an eventual? Like you went to the other curling club. Like, do you see that as a eventual independent venture, or do you see that kind of as like how can we attach this to these other? axe throwing facilities that we already have in place do you see those like as splitting or kind of staying in a yeah i would like i said in the beginning talking about millville like they're just they're so welcoming and acceptive of like everything we come up with yeah so millville was a no-brainer to start it there and we had the room we do have so our other locations are in like retail old retail spots so we're in uh we're in cranberry we're in an old liquor store they moved down a few down a few blocks or down a few storefronts. There's room out there. I don't know if Cranberry's going to let us throw an ice rink out back. Yeah. If they do, absolutely. Uh, I would love to put up the uh, sliders in Cranberry. That being said, it, it's it's getting a little tougher with this place in the spaces that we're going. It's, it's hard to find. It's hard to find warehouses like we found in Millville. They're just not lying around ev- everywhere. Yeah. So, listen. If I'll put a sliders anywhere I can, attach it to these locations because it's such a cool experience, especially like come in do sliders for an hour and then you go throw axes for two hours it's just it's yeah. a, it's a whole night out yeah a one-stop shop and you got all the booze too yeah right yeah what was the process for for locking down that license like what you have to how many hoops did you have to jump through every hoop you could imagine uh it took a while it wasn't it wasn't easy but we, it got through and i don't pretty much anybody that bought your liquor license i think everybody has one or two horror stories where yeah. during the pro i've never talked to like I said, I, I, I bartended for a better part of 15 years, I bet. And I've never, I don't know anybody who's like, oh man, got my license, got open. It was it was just like that. It was a cinch. That just doesn't happen in the bar industry. So we were prepared for it. We just we just rode the wave out until until we got the news and then we were ready to go. We had all the, everything was put in. So we got the news. We were able to sell liquor and beer and wine. And I went and bought it that day and we were open so no hesitation I don't know yep that's all I needed that's all I needed to hear so last question then we'll aim towards wrapping up 
as you've transitioned out of these roles, uh, bartending union job into owning your own business, having all these locations, um, inevitably in social groups, when someone kind of, you know, ascends in their success to some degree, stirs up some conversations when, or I'd imagine people are coming to you for advice or perspective on different business moves. What do you tend to tell them that you've learned through going this pretty significant transition and experience? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's something different. Uh, the bar is the the bar I've been ready for. I, and part of me have always I always wanted and always assumed at some point I would own a bar in some capacity. So I was ready for that. As far as the axe throwing, that that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking, I mean, for the vice, I could just do the research. Go go to different venues of, at different places. Go out of town and see see what the other places are doing, and just just don't. Don't go lease a building and then try to figure it out. Yeah, uh, that's do the research. You just got to do the research every 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 in every aspect of the business that you're going into. Yeah, and so many of the answers are already out there. Not all of them, but a lot of them are between the internet between and then just the, yeah. going on location and looking at these other right. venues. Like there's like you said, the answers the answers are out there. You just got to know what you're looking for and you got to put in the time. And you got to go in it with reality. Like, man, I might not make money here for a long time. Yeah. Or for a little bit of time, but you stick to it and see where you land. So was there a period where you were like 50-50, like still working the job, getting the thing off the ground and like working nights and weekends to make that happen? Yeah, I just retired from bartending. I mean, so I quit the union job immediately. Uh, just It just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be realistic for me able to do both. Yeah. But I just quit bartending. I don't know four months ago, and like we've been we've been open for two and a half years. Yeah. So I was uh, I was I was hesitant to give up the. It's tough to give up that bar money. Once you, once, yeah, once you're used to it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, uh, just just recently retired pretty much from the from from the bar game. But then I then I bought a liquor license and I hopped right back in. It. <laughs> yeah. Was there what? Can you describe that point of that decision? It was just like breaking. There was too much to do with the business in order to get that done, or is like we're finally making X amount so that I feel secure. Or like how did how did we, you make that calculation? Uh, I was getting burnout. It was a bar, it was more than a burnout thing than anything. Uh, the money the money was great at the bar. My one of my best friends owns the bar I was working at, and he was just coming. He pretty much said to me, "I was like, dude, what are you still doing here?" You know what I mean? And yeah. I kind of needed that like realization, like, what am I doing? I was just such a like, all right, I'm supposed to be here on Saturday night, and I'm supposed to be here on Sunday, and this is where I'm. It was just repetitive, like over and over again, and like that. It was just, I was just, I was so used to it. And he said that to me, and I was like, man, you're right. And so like, couple, like I think a month later, I was like, all right, I'm done. I had, a, I had enough. Yeah. Well, it's an it's an inspiring story. I'm really glad that you came here to, to yeah, share it with no, us. Yeah. If people want to learn more about uh, Lumberjacks, about the ice curling, can you give us both the digital and real yeah, life so, coordinates? I mean, a Lumberjacks is axthrowingpgh.com. Uh, that will get you, you could make a reservation through all four of our locations. You also connect to sliders uh, from the Lumberjacks' website. But then we also have a sliders website, which is slidersbarringgames.com. And then our Instagram, I mean, you catch us on Facebook. For lumberjacks and sliders, and then Instagram uh, is axe throwing Pittsburgh for the for lumberjacks, and then sliders bar for sliders. Gotcha, cool. We're gonna link that all in the show notes. Going deep with slash podcast is the place to find it for this and every episode of the show. Also, find it in the app where you're probably listening to it right now. 
But before we let you go, Jack, I want to give you the mic one final time to issue an actionable personal challenge to the audience. Yeah, I think I would just challenge the audience. I mean, I know people just can't pick up and leave. But I would, I mean, run up to Cleveland or run up to Cincinnati or go go to go to Baltimore for the weekend. Just go out there and there, there's cool stuff that's not here yet. Or just go to different cities and see what's going on. Check 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 out different cities. That would be my advice to everybody. Just see I, see what see what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I love that advice because there's so many element. There, there's so many times where something hasn't yet permeated to your market and just by getting exposure, getting out there and absorbing, you can be ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Right on. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. We just went deep with Jack Welsh. Hope everyone out there has a fantastic day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the end of today's episode. I hope you took some inspiration from Jack's hustle and his commitment to doing the research before going out and trying to start the business. It is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs from a lot of different cloths can take for themselves. And if you're looking for more tips and tricks and ideas that can help you accomplish whatever it is that you're working on, I guarantee that you will get some of those insights at the Going Deep Summit this year. I am particularly excited for one of the keynotes by David Perel that's going to be outlining the new American dream. It is big is audacious. It is a significant perspective shift akin to what you get here on this show every single week. I'm stoked about it. The entire Piper team is stoked about it. David is stoked about it. And we would really love to see you there. Go to goingdeepsummit.com to get your tickets and stay tuned here to Going Deep for new episodes every single week. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.